Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I am here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. Welcome back to the Birth Prep Podcast. Today I have a little bonus episode for you guys. This is a recording from my TikTok Live. It's the audio. I pulled the audio from my TikTok Live the other day um, from Birth Prep Power Hour. Every single Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm going live for an hour to chat birth prep with you guys. You guys can bring all of your questions, all of your concerns, anything that you want help preparing, um, any yucky thoughts or fears that are coming up. You can get coached on those, you know, through a screen, but I'm going to offer you some thoughts. And if you like them, take them. If you don't leave them, not a big deal, but anything that you are concerned about or questioning about whatever, bring them to the, to the live and I will help you guys out as best I can. I will warn you, the audio is pretty crappy. Um, I will try my best to make it better next time. I'm thinking headphones might help, so we'll try that. And then if that doesn't work, we'll just keep trying things to improve, okay? I promise. <laughs> but once a TikTok Live is done, they don't go and live anywhere like they do on Instagram and Facebook. Like, you can't go rewatch them. So I wanted to pull this for you guys. I think listening to other people's questions and fears and concerns and what-ifs and all the things, I think it can be really helpful. And I promise we're about to start, but I wanted to tell you guys that the birth prep course doors are open. I am taking students for enrollment right now. Um, we are going to do a live round this time. You can get your questions answered in real time and help me flesh this course out to what it needs to be for all future mamas. And as a thank you for helping me do that, one, I think getting your questions answered in real time is extremely valuable. And two, you're going to get it cheaper for what I'm going to be offering it next round. Okay, that's it. That's all I have to tell you. Let's listen to this replay. Welcome to Birth Prep Power Hour. I have family photos later, so my hair is plopped. So excuse me for this experience that you're going to get today. Doesn't matter. The content's still going to be fire. So I have a list of questions already that I didn't get to last week. So we're going to start with those. But if you have any birth prep questions, drop them in the chat, please. And I will get to them. And we can chat about all the things, any fears that you're having, any thoughts that are coming up any like what ifs you're struggling with, any decisions you can't make. Um, we'll talk about how to prepare your partner, um, anything you're dealing with your provider. We can chat about that. So anything you guys want to chat about, throw it in the chat and I will answer those questions and we can talk about it. So let me start with these ones. <clears throat> Somebody asked straight up just like, how do I refuse something? And you just refuse it. <laughs> okay. You don't have to give any explanation. You don't have to, you literally don't have to do anything except refuse. You say, hey, I'm not into that. And if they're going to keep pushing it, you should just be like, you can fight it lots of different ways, right? You can fire that provider or nurse or et cetera, whoever is in your space saying that you have to do something because you don't have to do anything. You do not have to consent to anything you do not want to consent to. Um, they can literally, like, they can drop you. So just know that. So if you're not going to consent to something, you they usually they won't, but like you can try to get it in writing and say, Hey, you know, if you're going to drop me as a client over this, over me refusing a medical procedure or whatever the case may be, a test, etc., I need that in writing, please. And usually it's a big, you know, a whole thing, but you might not want that provider moving forward if it's going to be that kind of situation. Um, but there are definitely ways to go about it. Um, a lot of hospitals have patient advocacy programs where you can chat with a patient advocate um, and try to come to a conclusion, try to hire a new provider, etc. cetera, um, whatever the case may be. But you don't have to agree to anything you don't want to do. 
Um, so you can refuse anything you want and it can just be as simple as no, I've educated myself on this and I have decided not to. Thank you very much. Um, and if they continue to educate you, you can just keep declining and it's a whole thing, but you can just, you can just refuse. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. So I hope that answers that question. I got to drink lots of water because I talk so fast when I'm on these things. I get out of breath. Um, okay. Have you skipped GBS testing? If so, why? Um, I have never skipped GBS testing. I just routinely do not skip any tests personally. Um, you don't have to make that same decision, but I think if you don't have that answer, you can't truly make an informed decision for yourself and for your baby. Um, so even if I am GBS positive, I, I do refuse antibiotics. Um, at this point in my life, right? But if I came upon more information or whatever, and I decided, oh, maybe I would make a different decision, I would want to know that information if I was positive or negative in order to make that informed decision for myself. Um, so I don't personally skip tests. You can, that's totally up to you. Um, I do think that it's information that we need to make an informed decision, um, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, so I hope that answers that. I just wouldn't just because I need the info. Um, people have skipped it though, right? Because you can have an outbreak during your, you know, when you're tested and then not have an outbreak during your birth experience. And then you can not be positive and then be positive, you know, so it's like, they don't actually know. So this, that's one of those things that I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't really understand that and why we do that. Um, but you know, whatever there's ways to um to help your body to uh do the what am i trying to say there's there are ways that you can support your body in having the gbs not be an outbreak while you're giving birth that's what i'm trying to say there are lots of different ways to do that you can research that talk to your provider about it etc okay oh my husband doesn't want my mom at the birth <laughs> Oh, I actually just did a whole podcast about this. Um, it's not a whole podcast about this, but I talked about your birth partner's roles today. It's the one that went out today. Um, and we talked a little bit about this. Um, I think this is okay. This is my personal, you can take this or leave this. Okay. This is my personal thoughts on this. I think that this is your space and your birth experience and your comfort is of the utmost importance. And if your mom being there supporting you is going to help that situation as far as making sure you're comfortable and making sure your body is able to relax and do what it needs to do, I think absolutely your mother should be there no matter what husband thinks. That's my personal opinion. I'm not trying to impose on any marriages. I'm not trying to do anything like that, but the science is there. That when mom is comfortable and relaxed and be, you know, able to be in that state of things are easier, things are less painful, fear and things and uncomfortability and all that stuff creates your body, creates tension in your body. And when you have tension in your body, those contractions hurt a lot worse because you have that tension and your body is not able to relax and release and do what it needs to do to be able to open and release that baby from your womb. So that's my personal opinion on that. I think mom should have whoever they want in that room. I think no one is entitled to your birth space. I think even your husband isn't entitled. And you know, if they're not willing and able to support you in the way that you want to be supported, I would reconsider. I would reconsider. Um, there are a lot of, uh, you know, 
I don't want to say use the word the term baby daddies but like <laughs> that kind of relationship where like you're not really together but like dad wants to be there because it's his child and all that stuff but if it's um you know if it's uh sorry my friend just texted me and that just derails me I should turn off my notifications when I do this definitely doing that next time <laughs> um oh my gosh where was I my whole brain just left the building which happens often sorry guys I've had five kids what do you want from me <laughs> Oh yeah, the husband's not entitled to the birth space. If they're not willing and able to support you, they might not be able to be there. Baby daddy situations, if they're gonna cause more stress on you, mm -mm, you're not allowed in my birth space, get out. You wanna make sure that you are protecting your peace, um, whatever that looks like for you. Or making sure that you are gathering the people that you need to create a peaceful environment. So keeping people out, to protect your peace and gathering the people that are going to create a peaceful environment for you to labor and birth your baby. It's a lot. You need to be, you need to feel supported and feel safe in that moment. And uh, if you don't, things can be a lot worse. Trust me. I know <laughs> my first birth experience, I was stressing the whole time. Um, my husband's grandparents were in there at one point. His mom stayed the whole time. I hated every second of it. I felt so unsafe. I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so embarrassed. I felt all the things and I'm sitting here trying to have my very first baby. It was an awful, 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 traumatic, terrible experience. And I don't want that for you. And sometimes it, we can just shift the entire dynamic of a room when we shift the people that are in it. Um, I have literally heard of moms going backwards and like their dilation process, like literally closing back up when someone enters the room that they're not comfortable with. And if that tells you anything, it's very important to see, to, you know, decide who is going to be in that birth space. No one is entitled to it and no one deserves to be there. This is not, Oh, we get to watch mom. No, that's a perk for you doing your amazing job of supporting mom. No one's there to watch you give birth. Absolutely not. Anyways, I did a whole podcast about this literally today. So if you want to listen to it, go listen to it. <laughs> okay. Next question. If you guys have any questions, please drop them in the chat. Any birth prep questions. I am here for it. We can coach you on any fears that you're having, anything like that. I'm going through the questions from last week that I didn't get to. Um, cause I had to, I had a hard stop at two o'clock last week. Um, okay. Next one. I can't decide what, ooh, whether or not to circumcise my baby boy. Um, usually when one of my clients cannot decide on something, it's one of two reasons, right? It's either you don't have enough information to make an informed decision. So your brain doesn't want to make the decision because it honestly doesn't know what to decide. And that's great because we can just go find more information, right? We can totally get our hands on more information fingertips. It's amazing. But I think it's usually something else happening. And nine times out of 10, when I'm talking to these ladies, they're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's exactly what's happening. Um, usually when you can't decide whether or not you want something, they start out with, well, I can't decide. I, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, but I'm blah, blah, blah. They're talking about all the things. And like, and then they get to the point of the conversation where they're like, well, I really want to do this, but, and then there's this nice fat butt over here and it's, but, you know, husband circumcised, mom circumcised her kids, but so-and-so thinks I should do this, but I think people will judge me, but doctors might fight me, but you know, whatever the butt is, they've already made the decision for themselves, but they're scared of dealing with whatever this is. I would urge you to 
way, you know, sometimes this butt is too big, but, um, baby is very important here. So if you've already decided this and you like the decisions for doing so or not doing so, um, that, that's your decision, right? And you shouldn't let others dictate that. You did the research, you ha got your hands on the information, you understand, hey, this is what I think is best for my baby, for my body, for whatever the case may be, whatever decision you're trying to make. And you say, this, I, I have the knowledge and this is what I've gotten my hands on. I, given the resources and the information available to me, I think this is the best choice. That's the choice you should make. Because did they do that research? Did they apply it with your morals and your values and, and your wants and needs for your baby and your body and all the things? Probably not. Probably not. I can guarantee no one's going to do it as best as you. <laughs> so if you've done the work to educate yourself and you made a decision, but you don't want to do it because of so-and-so or because something might happen or because of a potentially uncomfortable situation or because you think you might regret it in the future, whatever the case may be, make the decision you want to make, please. Okay. That's usually what's happening. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> if you guys have any birth prep questions, drop them in the chat for me. Okay. I don't think, I don't think I'm missing anything. I'm not very good at this live stuff yet. I should get in here one day and play around and see. Cause like, I'm going to put like, you know, where it like pops up a comment every time or whatever. I don't know. Every time someone joins, I know you can do that. Cause I watch lives all the time. I love hanging out with people on lives. I just don't do them very often, but I'm doing them now and we're going to learn. Okay. Last question I have on here is how do I prepare my partner? What are some ways they can support me? Okay. Um, I do have a whole podcast episode on how to prepare your partner with some awesome ideas in there, but we can chat about this really quick. Um, basically to prepare your partner, you want to make sure that they're on the same page as you, right? It's very simple. They want to make sure that they are ready and willing and able to support you in the way that you want to be supported. So maybe you're, say you're aiming for an intervention free, like hospital birth situation. You're going to be at the hospital. You're going to be using natural pain relief situations, methods, things like that. Um, how's husband going to be supporting you, right? So here's some ways that he can talking to you, affirming you say, Hey, you're doing a really great job. Hey, you're, you know, we get our baby at the end of this. You're rocking it. Um, things like that. Just talking to you, affirming you birth affirmations. These are great to practice during your pregnancy together. Um, they can help you with labor positions. I, my partner does not leave my side. Once I'm in active labor, he's right there. He didn't like, you don't even get to pee, honey. You bet you should have peed during early labor. Sorry. Um, not so much anymore. This last birth was very, very easy. I took a nap when I was like nine centimeters dilated. It was great. <laughs> Pain-free birth. It was awesome. Um, so he wasn't like super, super hands-on this last time. I also like was sewing at my desk for like the majority of my active labor stage. And then I think transition, I went and took a nap and then, um, woke up when I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> my brain was like, okay, I guess we'll just wake up and do this now. Fine. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> And that was kind of like the vibe that night. So he wasn't like, I mean, he was obviously hands-on. He caught our baby this last time, actually, um, which was awesome. He tells everybody about that. It was super fun. But uh, he helps me. He's always helped me with labor positions. Um, I like to, let's see, what do I like to do in the beginning? I like to lean on furniture in the beginning. Um, when I'm doing, I like to sway back and forth. I lean on the wall. Um, I might lean on him, like hold him, like, like we're slow dancing. Um... And that's helpful. And when I'm like leaning against the wall or on a piece of furniture or whatever, um, he can help support 
me with my, I get a lot of back pain when I'm in labor usually. And he can give me my hip squeezes, counter pressure, stuff like that to help me relieve that pain during my contractions. So he has access to that during that time. Um, I like to sit on the yoga ball a lot and he normally just sits close to me in case, you know, I get unstable or whatever, you know, you never know. I haven't ever fallen, but just nice to have somebody there just in case. Um, especially when waters are broken, things are getting slippery and all the things. <laughs> That's a fun time. Um, but some other positions that I like to be in are my hands and knees towards the end. And then he's also able to do those hip squeezes, some kind of pressure on my tailbone, things like that. So labor positions are definitely a way that your bar- partner can support you. Um, what else? Yeah, those are just great ways to do that. Just loving on you, making you feel safe, making you feel loved, um, obviously getting you whatever you need, making sure that uh, you can prepare them to advocate for you, Um, you know, make sure they're on their same page as you. Hey, this is the birth plan. This is what my goals are. This is what your role is in all of this, helping me do this. Um, Make sure they know the plan and all that stuff. Hey, we're going to need to get educated on this stuff so that you're able to properly advocate for me if something goes wrong or I'm not able to advocate for myself, or maybe you don't want to advocate for yourself at all and you want him to just take over. Whatever the case may be, make sure that you are preparing them. And you might not have just one birth partner, right? That might It might not be your spouse. It might, not, it might look totally different from my situation. Um, there's no right way to do things. It's whatever you feel safest and most comfortable with and whoever is willing and able to support you best should be in that space. Um, uh, my mom is my other birth partner. So I have like a birth team, I would say. Um, my mom and my husband. My sister's been at my birth before with my fourth baby. She's about to have her first baby. Um, so I wanted her to be there. She was extra hands. We had our first home birth. Um, so no nurses getting, you know, pillows, towels, all the things. So we had extra hands, photos, videos, things like that. And it was really helpful that she was there. She was not at my last one. She's got a baby now. She's pregnant again, all the things. Um, so it's just not conducive for her. I wouldn't mind her in my birth space. I would feel safe and comfortable with her there, but she's just not, you know, she's not necessary at this point, but if she wanted to be there and she wanted to be in that experience, I would be more than willing and able and and more than willing and, um, to have her there. Um, but what was I going with that? Mom, mom does a totally different thing than a husband, right? She's not sitting there helping with birth positions or labor positions and birth positions, really. She's not catching babies. She's not, you know, whispering the nice things in my ears. <laughs> She's not doing any of that. <laughs> She's not kissing on me. She's not doing any of that. She is our basic, she's basically like our runner, especially now that we don't have, you know, nursing staff and all the things she's at my house. So she's doing things like grabbing towels and plugging fans in. So I'm not sweating. She's bringing me Chick-fil-A ice. Thank you, Jesus. Um, she's, uh, boiling water so I can get my tub up to temperature. Uh, she's doing things like that, right? She's, um, communicating with my dad, making sure my babies are good because, you know, she knows that I like to check in on them and I want to make sure that they're safe. Obviously I trust my dad completely. Um, you know, just checking in, making sure everybody's good, keeping family updated as I need them to be updated. Um, we don't really tell a lot of people now that we're in labor, but I like my immediate family to know, you know, um, she usually just tells my, my dad's obviously watching the kids. My siblings live, some of my siblings live with my parents. Some of them are not, but she usually like texts the group chat or whatever and just keeps everybody updated. Everyone's, you know, saying their prayers, all the things, keeping us in their thoughts. And, 
that's kind of like her role in my birth space. So whatever you are going to need support with, just make sure that you're lining people up for that. And you're having conversations, setting expectations, saying, Hey, this is what I'd like you to support me with all the things. And that is how I would prepare your partner. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was a long answer. I hope that helps. <laughs> Um, do you guys have any questions? That is the last question on my list and we still have 40 minutes. You know, I can keep talking. We can totally keep going. Um, but if you guys have questions, let me know. I should figure out how to put the comment. I like you. Yeah, I don't know. There's like a way to add like a comment that pops up like, Hey, post your things here. So I don't have to keep saying it. Do you guys need anything? Do you have any stuff coming up? I was talking with someone the other day. Um, she was scared that she was going to, well, not scared, but she was kind of mentally preparing to have to have a C-section because her placenta was like borderline placenta previa where it would like slip and like, possibly could possibly slip and cover her cervix during her birth experience, which at that point we don't want placenta to come out before baby. That is baby's life source. That is a problem. Um, and that is basically, you know, no bueno. So the suggestion is a C-section. Obviously she could make the decision, but she was, you know, if this is going to be the situation, this is the decision that I'm going to make. So she was mentally preparing for a C-section. Well, she just found out the other day that, um, it moved and she's in the clear and she does not have to have a C-section. So I basically, so she was, she was kind of saying like, I was mentally preparing for a C-section this whole time. And now I have to go through labor. And I was not mentally preparing for that. And she's, you know, doing a couple of weeks and she's like, I have to mentally prepare and I am not mentally prepared and I don't have a lot of time. And I was like, girl, that's okay. We're going to do it together. We're going to do all the things. Um, and she's a local client actually. So I'm going to actually possibly be able to be there in her birth space. And I can't wait. Um, cause most of the stuff I do is online with you guys. Um, but so, she, you know, we were talking about mentally preparing herself and there's totally time. Like it is not too late. So if you're looking at this stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm 37 weeks. There's literally no time to do all this work. Do not skip these things. Like try to do as much as you can with the time that you have. Any preparation is good. You know, it's good preparation. Let me get to these questions and then I'll go, I'll go on a tangent about how we should like any preparation is good preparation. How are you able to keep your placenta? Um, I was told before they sneak that paperwork in there. So you sign it away, but I want mine with my first, they must have, because I do not remember signing anything about a placenta. Um, <clears throat> okay. I'm assuming you're giving birth at the hospital. Start talking with your provider about it right now. Say, Hey, this is something that I want to do. And I need to make sure that it's going to be done. This last time I didn't get the option. I was not asked. I was not talked to about this and I want to keep it. So what's the situation for that? How do you guys go about that? And, you know, they'll, they'll probably have a, a protocol for going about that. Maybe paperwork that needs to be signed, whatever the case may be. Um, but that is your organ. And if you want it, you can keep it. So if anybody's trying to fight you on that, fight back. <laughs> That's yours. Um, I have two placentas in my freezer. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. I will do with something with them in the future. I just, that's not a priority right now, but, um, you know, with home births, you just keep them. You just, they wrap them up, they put them in a freezer bag and they, uh, put them in your freezer for you. <laughs> I don't even know. She's like, okay, it's in the freezer. I'm like, cool. Thank you. 
And she sent me all these beautiful pictures she took of it. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know any of this was happening. I was just like hanging out in bed, right? Um, so that's a, obviously a much different experience than in the hospital. I never even saw my placenta with my three kids in the hospital. It was gone before I even, I didn't even, I literally didn't even see it. With my fourth baby, my midwife, I was like, I've literally never even seen my placenta before. And you know what she did? She sat there and she showed me every little piece of it. She showed me where baby was. She showed me mom's side, baby's side, all the different veins, all the different things. It was amazing. And that was awesome. And just like that, like, that's super cool, right? So that would be my suggestion is talk to your provider about it at your next appointment and say, Hey, this is something that I'm wanting to do. And this is something that I'm not really willing to compromise on because it's mine and I am allowed to keep it. And it, like, you guys don't need it. <laughs> it's just medical waste at that point. Does it go to medical waste? I don't know. I don't know what they do with those things. They're like, apparently they can go for a lot of money. Um, so I don't know if they're like out here selling placentas that aren't theirs, but that's not my business. And we won't put our tin hats, tin foil hats on today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how I would go about that situation. Does that answer your question? Do you have any other questions about that? When should you start preparing? As soon as possible, girl. As soon as possible. Um, but it's never too late. I always say preparing for birth is like preparing to run a marathon, right? You can show up to that marathon and you could totally win that day, right? You totally could without doing any preparation work. But what are the odds? Like probably really freaking slim, right? <laughs> like you didn't do any sort of prep work. You didn't work on your breathing. You didn't work on your stamina. You didn't work on like things that are going to keep your body going during that experience. If you didn't do any of that, it's going to be a rough time for you, number one. Number two, you might not even finish that race, let alone win it. But you're, like the odds of winning it are pretty small. Um, but the more preparation work we put in, the better our chance of success, whatever success looks like for you. There's no right way to birth your baby. Um, so it's never too late to start preparing. Any preparation work is helpful. Um, but I would start preparing as soon as possible, getting your hands on as much information as possible and kind of, um, outlining the birth experience that you're trying to create. I have a mind dream birth journal and a lot of people sleep on it, but it's, it's, it's honestly what I think you should start with and you should sit down and you should really think, okay, if I had the most perfect, most beautiful, most amazing birth experience ever, and I got everything I freaking wanted, what does that look like? You need to define that for yourself. So you know what you're aiming for because you can totally have that. I know that because I did it for myself. Even though I always thought birth was going to be the worst thing ever. It was going to be traumatic every single time. It was going to be the most painful thing. I truly, truly, honestly, wholeheartedly believed that. And then when I had my first baby and that was my experience, I believed it even more. Right. And then I walked into my second birth with that belief system and created a very similar result for myself. I don't want that for you. You guys can shift your beliefs about birth. Whatever you believe about birth, your body believes you. Um, so I think that you should start preparing ASAP. And I think you should start with outlining what your dream birth experience looks like. So 26 weeks today. Yes, girls get on it whatever you need. I'm here for you. I have all the free resources in my bio. I actually, guys, I forgot. I have an announcement today. The birth prep course is open. <laughs> I finally have it done and ready and we're going to do it live in action. And every, I'll, once you guys, you know, if you purchase the course, I'll send you all the dates. If you're able to come live, you can be there with me live and ask questions in real time. Um, I'm offering it for the cheapest price point I will ever offer it for this round. Um, just so you guys are helping me build this program out and making it, making sure I have everything it needs 
all the things. Um, so that is available. The link is up in my bio. It should be. I tested everything this morning. If it's not working, let me know. <laughs> 26 weeks. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Almost to that third trimester. Okay. If your partner's parents did agree with your first pregnancy, how would you go about telling them for that? Okay. Wait, supported the first time my son is, oh, hang on. my son is three now. They're still a bit bitter about it, but I'm expecting my second and I don't know how to tell anyone I'm 16 weeks already. Okay. So they didn't, they didn't like that you were having a baby. Is that what I'm hearing? You weren't supported partner's parents didn't agree with your first pregnancy. Okay. Well, um, it's a great question. So they didn't agree at all. Okay. Well, I'd like to, I guess, obviously I'm assuming you want a relationship with them if you care about what they think. Right. Um, I'm going to assume that I'm going to assume they don't pay your bills. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that because if anybody is trying to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this with your life, you shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z, whatever the case may be. Like, I'm like, if you're not facilitating that part of my life, like, I don't think you really have a say. If we still want a relationship with these people, we need to have a conversation, like an honest conversation, like, Hey, I know you guys don't think this is a good idea. I know you think we're whatever the case may be too young, not married, blah, 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 whatever the, whatever's happening here. Um, whatever they're feeling like say, Hey, I know you're feeling like that. Um, but this is something that we are excited about. This is something we'd really love your support on. We really want to continue this relationship with you. We really want our grandkids to have a relationship with you. Um, is there some, you know, this is just, these are my thoughts. These are my feelings. Just have a courageous conversation with them and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. I feel really hurt that you guys, you know, whatever, like maybe they reacted a certain way. Maybe they said some things that were hurtful Say, Hey, this really hurt my feelings. This is how I'm feeling about this. And I just want us to be on the same page so we can move forward. Um, and you know, have a conversation like that. Is that helpful? That would be my suggestion. This can be really tricky to navigate. I'm sorry. You're going through that. It's really tough, especially when you're pregnant, you're in such a vulnerable state and it can be really hurtful when people aren't on board, especially when you're really happy about it. I, um, I've dealt with that. Uh, I, when I was pregnant with my fifth baby, I had had a miscarriage with my previous baby. So between four and five, I had a miscarriage and, um, didn't tell anybody that I was pregnant at that time when I miscarried, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of had a feeling I didn't ever get a provider. I was like nine weeks when I miscarried. Um, normally that's the, not me at all. Like I would have contacted my provider at that point. Um, and all that stuff. So I don't know. I had like this gut feeling, but I didn't tell anybody. So nobody knew until I was in the emergency room miscarrying my baby. And I still didn't want to tell anybody. Right. Cause I didn't want anybody's thoughts on the matter. I had heard people like, okay, this better be enough. Right. Four is enough. You have two of each. That's perfect. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, it's not perfect for us. We want eight babies. How is that perfect? You think it's perfect, right? But it's not perfect for me. And yeah, you might not want that experience for your life, but this is my life and I'm allowed to be happy. And I'm, you know, I'm holding down the fort where we don't have assistance paying, you know, for our bills. We don't have anybody like helping us on a regular basis. Like I haven't had a kid free night since October, my anniversary. Like I, you know, we're doing, we're doing the things. It's not like we're 
leaning on other people and making these poor decisions for ourselves. Like we're making informed, like these babies were planned. Right. Um, so I had to have a tough conversation with my parents when I had my fifth baby and said, Hey, you know, I know the comments that have been made. I've heard the comments, you know, like, um, things that have been said. And like, this is just, we're happy about this decision. And if you're not, that's fine. You don't have to support us. That's not a problem. I said, but obviously we want to continue this relationship. Um, so we'd obviously like to be on the same page. Here's my feelings. Here's my thoughts. Um, I'd love to hear yours and maybe we can come to an agreement on like how we can handle these things because I don't want to hear any of these comments anymore because this is how I'm feeling about it. And it's making me feel really crappy, right? You're crapping on my decisions. I'm not crapping on yours. You do whatever you want with your life. I don't care. This is mine. And I get to make these decisions for myself. And might I have regrets later on in life? Maybe, possibly, but you don't get to dictate that. You you don't, you regret your six kids. That's fine. That's not my problem. I'm in a season of life where I don't think I'm going to regret this. And I think this is the best decision. And this is a decision that I really like to make. And so far, I love it, right? But it was great. We had a great conversation. We got on the same page and we continued with the relationship, right? And it was great. But it was hard to have that conversation. So I'm sorry that you're in that position. It should not be a position to be in, but I get it. Ooh, I missed a lot. Okay, hang on. Oh, wait. What are your thoughts on baby boy circumcision? I am still undecided. Were you here for my rant on decision making? <laughs> because usually when you're undecided, it's one of two things. Either you don't have enough information to make the decision or... You've already made the decision. You're like, well, I want to do this, but, and it's like, you know, what mom thinks, or maybe I'm going to have a crappy conversation with my provider. Maybe I have to fight them on it. Um, maybe I'm going to feel like I have to justify my reasonings and blah, blah, all these things. Usually we've already made a decision. Is that what, ha is that what is happening here? Because like, I want you to do your own research. It doesn't matter what I do. I I'll tell you what I do. I personally, I circumcised my first baby boy instantly regretted it and did not circumcise my second baby boy. That's personally what we did. Um, appreciate your feedback. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for being here. No assistance here either. Yeah. Unfortunately that is common. <laughs> um, I let me go on a, a little tiny rant about this. This is not even anything to do about pregnancy, but the village that we don't have, blah, 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 all the things I would urge you to, instead of focusing on the ways that you're unsupported, focus on all the ways that you are supported. When we're constantly focusing on all the ways that we could be more supported because we could all be more supported, right? There's no, there's like an infinite amount of support and we can never have it all. <laughs> so there's always more ways that we could be supported, but I would, I would encourage you to focus on the ways that you are supported, right? Things that our moms, like my mom would have killed for some grocery pickup or grocery delivery or some Amazon prime. Like I can have something the very next day and not have to leave my house. You know how much faster I get light bulbs delivered to my door than if I like went to the store for them. It would take me at least a week to get to the store. And I probably wouldn't even remember to get them while I was at the store. Right. I'm highly supported by Amazon prime and Walmart delivery and target pickup and all the things, right. <laughs> Those support me. Okay. I have this, I have the internet at my fingertips. I have so much information. I have so many internet friends. I have communities that I'm a part of. I have so much support. Yeah. It doesn't look like babysitters and that sucks. <laughs> it really does. And I sympathize with that. Um, but focus on the ways that you are supported and then you will feel much more supported. Right. Um, how do you navigate a borderline unsupportive partner? Just found out a week ago, my first, but not his first. I feel guilty for becoming excited. Okay. How do you navigate a borderline unsupportive partner? 
I would really consider if they are going to be an asset to you in your birth space or if they are going to be a stressor to you in your birth space. We talked about this earlier in the beginning. I basically, um, I don't think anybody's entitled to your birth space. I'm assuming you're asking about just birth, right? Or just navigating an unsupportive partner in general. Let me know. But as far as your birth goes, no one is entitled to that space. And I think the highest uh, priority is your comfort. Um, because I have seen what being uncomfortable does to a woman's body. Um, I've seen women literally like undilate, <laughs> close back up, literally. Um, the pain increases when fear enters the body, un uncomfortability enters the body. I don't even know if that's a word. I use it a lot. Don't correct me. I'm going to keep using it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, when that kind of, when those kind of emotions enter our body and those kind of feelings rise up, it creates tension in our body and it can create a much painful, much more traumatic experience, honestly. Um, so I would just really consider, I want to be happy, but his comments make it hard. <sighs> okay. Everything. All right. Let me go back and read the other ones. So you found out a week ago that you're pregnant. I'm assuming it's your first, but not his first. You feel guilty for being excited about it. I'm assuming it's not planned. It wasn't a planned thing then. He's probably not the most excited, maybe. Comments are making it hard. Do not let that man crush your joy of your growing sweet little baby. Do not let him do that to you. I would put some boundaries into place. Hey, if you're going to talk to me like this, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. A boundary is not a punishment. It is, if this is your behavior, this is what I'm going to do to protect myself. I would put some boundaries up, especially if you're in the very beginning of your pregnancy. I would have some hard conversations and I would say, hey, this is how you're making me feel and I don't like it and I don't appreciate it. I'm carrying your child and this is going to be a journey that is going to be hard. It's going to change my body forever. It's going to be probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. And I would really like your support on this. I'm not getting it so far, but these are my thoughts on it. And maybe you guys can reach a conclusion. Um, but if some boundaries need to be put into place, I would, I would have those hard conversations and put up some boundaries. And then I, I would do your very best to enforce those boundaries and follow through with them. And, um, I don't know what that situation is going to look like for you. And I'm so sorry that you're in that position. I am so upset for you. He's wishy-washy. He wants to be excited, but the layered situation makes it hard for him. Yeah. He's probably got a lot to unpack there. He's probably dealing with a lot of stuff himself. I would just have some serious conversations and see if he'd be open to talking to you. It can change a little bit. Thank you. I need to hear this. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Okay. Does that help? I hope. What did I miss? Hang on. Just a comment, but I do not like when they take baby out of the room after they're born. Don't let them. That's your baby. They don't have to take baby out for anything. There's literally, unless baby needs like NICU time or whatever, there's, there's really no reason for baby to leave. It is standard of care for most hospitals now and birth, you know, birth centers, etc. um, for baby to be in the room the entire time. If there's any tests that need to be done, they can bring all the equipment in to, to do that. Um, but there is no, there's literally no reason unless baby is having some serious complications. There's no reason to take your baby out of the room or out of your sight. If they, if you can't walk to the nursery with them, say, nope, sorry, we're just going to refuse that. We can get that done at our pediatrician in a couple days. 
that's how I would handle that situation. You are not going to take my baby from me without, without, you know, me going with them. Absolutely not over my dead body. Literally. <sighs> um, such a great perspective. I am also supported by Amazon prime. Yes, girl. Yeah. Changing the perspective can really help a lot, a lot. Um, 33 weeks, big sister is getting excited. <gasps> Yay. That's so exciting. Oh, that's such a fun age. She's going to love it. My, um, my little girl, well, she's our middle now. Our, our kids are six, five, three, almost two and two months old. So very close together. Um, wait, really? Can you do that? You can do that. Yes, girl. Absolutely. Don't let them take your baby from you. No, mm -mm, that's not the vibe. They can, they can, they have the equipment to do all the tests in room. If something's like out of battery or whatever, and they want to take baby to the nursery, you should absolutely be able to follow them back there with your baby, or they can wait and do it later when the battery is charged or whatever the case may be. Someone, someone else is using the mobile one, whatever, then just say, Hey, we're not going to do this right this second. We can do this later when you guys have the materials and the tools you need to do it in my room. Um, and yeah. And if they straight up are just like, and you just like, Nope, I'm not going to have that test here. Then I will have that done in my pediatrician's office. And then you can schedule an appointment. Say you can call your pediatrician before you even do that. You say, Hey, is this something you are willing and able to do for me? They're trying to take my baby from me in the hospital. I don't want my baby to leave my site. This, I'm having a whole problem here. Very, very rarely is that the case. You're not going to usually come up with that much of a fight, but just be prepared, you know, be prepared for anything. But yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. Um, I love that. Tandem nursing. Yes. I want a tandem nurse so bad. Every time I get pregnant, my supply just, it's gone. <laughs> I wanted a tandem nurse so bad. Um, but yeah, but anyways, my three, my three-year-old little girl, I just had a baby, another baby girl and she is just obsessed with her, like obsessed with her every single morning. Where's Penelope? Where is she? Is she okay? Does she still love me? <laughs> and I go, yes, she still loves you. She absolutely loves you. She goes, I just love her so much. <laughs> and I just, I just love it. So I'm so excited for you. That's going to be so fun. Uh, and I hope you get to have your nursing experience that you want to. Do you guys have any more questions? I have 20 more minutes on here. Uh-oh. Am I back? I think I'm back. Oh, it's green. Okay. I got a phone call. Sorry. Delete block report. Uh, okay. What else can I talk to you guys about? The birth prep course is open. If you guys need some, if you guys need that, we're going to do a live round where you can come to the calls live. If you're able to meet the schedule or whatever, I'm kind of just like playing that by ear. Cause I have a brand new baby. We're just, we're just, going for it. I'm just going to get this content out. I'm like, if I don't sell it and like do all the things now, it's never going to get done. It's these people need this information. Like I have to, I have to get it done. I have to get it done. People are waiting on me for this. So we're just going to, we're going to get it done. <laughs> do you guys have any other questions? How are you guys feeling about like, how are you feeling about birth? Are you feeling like on a scale from one to 10, how prepared do you feel? This last time I can honestly say I was out of 10 for the first time in my life and it freaking showed That's the best birth I've ever experienced. It was awesome. Um, I'd say for my previous birth before that I was probably at an eight and then my hospital birth was probably at the very, like maybe with my third, I was at a five 
my first, I was probably at like a one. I, I would have told you with my first that I was probably at like a six or seven, but I was definitely not like a one <laughs> in my definition now. Um, yeah. In my second, I wasn't much more prepared than that either. But it was fine. We live and we learn, right? But there's no practice around here. So I'm trying to give you guys all the juicy details that I had to learn the hard way. This industry is stacked against you guys. I swear. It's just, I, I promise you the providers that I had with my first baby, they have never even witnessed, they've never even witnessed a physiological birth experience. And that is sad, sad because they literally treat birth like a medical procedure. And it's just a crappy, it can, it can, it can be a very crappy situation, especially when you're in a situation where you're treated like a number. And like with my third baby, I had the man who literally would do, um, was there for the delivery of my first baby. He walked in at the end of my appointment, had already seen him during that pregnancy several times. He walked in, I was like 36, 37 weeks. And he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Dr. So-and-so it's nice to meet you. I'm like, nice to meet you. I've been seeing you literally like once a month for four years straight. <laughs> I'd had three babies with him at that point. Annoying. Like it was just not a, but like that's, that's the most common situation nowadays. I feel prepared, but this is number five. So I also know every birth and every baby is different. Yeah. Every birth and every baby is different. Uh, but the more prepared you are, the better, you know, your odds are of success, right? We're never guaranteed to win the race, right? When I always compare it to running a marathon, but the more preparation work you do, the, the higher your odds of success are, um, as much as you can prepare, the better your odds of success, whatever success looks like for you, right? So my version of success, probably wildly different from a lot of my followers version of success. <laughs> a lot of, um, people aren't trying to push babies out in their living room, completely unassisted in the dark with lullabies on, <laughs> after they took a nap, right? Like that was my version of success. That is not everybody's version. And I know that and understand that. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, but yeah, every birth, every baby is different and you kind of just got to go with the punches. But at the same time, preparation is very important in my personal and humble opinion. <laughs> Do you guys need anything else? This was great. I had a blast as always. I'm going to do these every single, um, every single Thursday at 1 PM Eastern standard time, at least for a while, a couple months, probably. Um, and I'll reassess from there and I'll probably be live a couple times over the weekend to talk about the course because the doors close Monday night. I'm only, you know, once we start the live, I'm not going to let anybody else back in for this time. Um, I don't know how I'm going to run in the future, but for this, for this round, I'm just taking whoever's coming in during those first couple days and then we're closing the doors and then we're going to do the whole course and, get it to where it needs to be. And then we'll do it again. <laughs> so <clears throat> I think it'll be really good. I'm excited. I have been working on this for a very long time and it is very good, very good stuff. I would have killed, we're literally killed for this information. When I tell you, I, when I had my first baby, one of my very, very first thoughts after having my baby, like, like sitting there, like, Holy crap, what just happened? like babies on my chest kind of deal. I'm like one of my very first thoughts that I thought was how, how the heck am I supposed to do this again? Like, seriously, how am I ever going to do this again? And having, you know, being like wanting a lot of kids and stuff. It was like this, it was just very, I felt so defeated, so defeated. 
when I had my fourth baby, which was supposed to be my last baby. <laughs> the and I have witnesses for this one. I said it out loud. I was, I was bold. Um, I literally, as soon as that baby came out, I was like, wow, that was awesome. I cannot wait to do this again. <laughs> Everybody knew that I didn't want any more babies or like, you know, we weren't planning on any more babies and stuff. He was supposed to be the last one. Kept it a surprise, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just holding that baby and having that experience. And I was like, dang, we're absolutely doing this again. And then, you know, within the couple months after he was born, you know, my husband had like named the next four children. He calls it the second half. <laughs> He's like, we're done with the first half. Now we're just, we're, in, we're into the second half. Um, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how that's going to play out. But I'm at this point, I'm on board. We'll see. I need a break. I need a break. But we'll see what the future holds for us. But that's just the difference in thought process after that birth experience versus the fourth birth experience. And, um, you know, how different things can be when you put in that work. Like I never put in the work until after my third baby. I was made to get on my back when my third baby was crowning in the hospital. And at that point, like I had done some preparation work, like not a ton, but I had done, you know, enough to know that I could absolutely birth a baby, not on my back. There were other birthing positions and stuff. And they kept telling me, no, you can't, no, you can't. You're not allowed. You have to get on your back, blah, blah, blah. All this terrible language that should not be used in a birth space. You can do whatever you freaking want to do. Um, what they should have said was your doctor isn't comfortable or equipped or knowledgeable enough to catch a baby in a different position or your doctor doesn't want to assume that risk because you know things are you know may be able to drop baby easier whatever whatever the case may be right so like that should have been the honest conversation that was happening no they were telling me i could not i was not allowed i was not able blah 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 so they had me turn my entire body over at that point i was too tired to fight i didn't really know how to properly advocate for myself so at that point i just gave in and i turned my whole body over at several people had to help me do that because I was in so much pain. Baby was literally coming out of my vagina, not a time to turn your entire body over when I literally could, even when I was pregnant, I could barely turn my body over in bed. Are you kidding me? Anyways, that is the moment that I realized that these people didn't give a rat's butt about me, but they didn't care that their policies and their they're covering their butt and their convenience and all the things is way more important than my wants and wishes for myself and for my baby. And being a paying customer, I did not like that. <laughs> so I decided literally in that moment that I would never experience birth like that ever again. I did not know what that was going to look like. I had literally no clue what that was going to look like. Honestly, I definitely didn't think it was going to look like having a baby in my living room. There was a lot of things at play. It was, it was a little bit of that. And also like the Corona stuff that was happening. Coronavirus bullcrap. <laughs> it was like all the rules that they had and like having all these women, like birth babies and masks and all that. Stuff. I'm like, mm -mm, that's not, that's not for me. That is not for this girl. So I, I had baby at home that time. <laughs> and that is how I will, you know, obviously I'm going to make the decision that I feel is best, but if everything is fine with my pregnancy, you best believe I'm having all my future babies at home. This last one was great. <sighs> Do you guys need anything? Do you guys have anything else you want to chat about? This was great. We talked about a lot of good stuff. I'm going to put this on the podcast, I think. Let's see. I don't think I missed anything. We had some good conversations. 
systems. Da -da -da -da. Okay. Cool. I'm probably going to wrap this up early then because we have family photos, which is why this is on my head. So before I go, what are we going to do? Okay. Next week, I'm going to be here. Same time, same place. We can chat about all the things. If you want more help, bring all your things. Um, the birth prep course is open. The doors close on Monday night. Um, midnight. Uh, West Coast time. What's it called? Pacific Standard Time. I'm Eastern. So it'll be 3 a.m. my time, but I want to give everybody the chance to do it through midnight. <laughs> so I have to like convert the time chain, the time zones. Um, and what else? What else? What else? I did a podcast today all about your birth partner's role in your birth space. It was really good. We talked about some good things in there. Um, I have had a lot of questions about like, well, my husband doesn't want so-and-so in the room or um, so-and-so wants to be in the room and I don't want them in the room or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, mm, I have some thoughts on that. So I shared those today on the podcast <laughs> and yeah. Oh, I got on threads today. The new Instagram thing. It's like Twitter for Instagram. It's like connected. It's like a separate app. I don't know. I have, I, I posted one thing. I haven't played around with it, but my um, business bestie, well, my actual, she's my best friend for my, my very best friend in the whole entire world. Um, but she also is my business bestie and we work together a lot on our separate businesses. Um, and we were talking about it and we were like, um, it's like, okay, cool. So we were talking about that today. So if you are on there, follow me. I'd love to hang out with you guys over there. I'll be dropping all the birth prep stuff. Okay. This is great. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful week. Take care of yourself. Drink some water, put your feet up, take a nap, um, and prepare yourself for your birth experience. Happy prepping. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Join me Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TikTok Live for Birth Prep Power Hour, where you can bring all of your birth prep questions, yucky fears that are coming up, what ifs, all of the things, and get them answered.